The cathedral is the mother church of this diocese. It has the highest rank. When a new cathedral is erected, it is sort of as if to say, the gospel has been proclaimed this far. It has come this far from its origins there in Jerusalem to Rome and around the world. And so St. Joseph is the cathedral church of the Diocese of Columbus. But many years ago, 205 years ago, Edward Fenwick, a Dominican priest, came on horseback to these parts. He preached the gospel and would later become the first bishop of Cincinnati. Fenwick found a few Catholic families and was happy to offer the holy sacrifice of the Mass in this growing town of Lancaster. His nephew, Father Nicholas Young, would become the first resident pastor here and would pastor this church as it began to grow to maturity. In those early years, Father Stephen Baden, the first priest ordained in the United States, would come and offer Mass at St. Mary in Lancaster. This church would grow over the years and give birth and rise to other parishes. But for 205 years, the gospel has been proclaimed in these parts. The joyful good news that God comes to save his people, that God comes to be close to his people, that God offers them the promise of eternal life. That message, those seeds which those first missionaries planted, have continued to grow and to blossom. And today we celebrate the fact that the Holy Father has erected this church to the rank of a minor basilica. No doubt due to the many sacrifices of the faithful. You don't build a church like this, with this kind of beauty on good wishes. It requires great sacrifice and prayer and leadership. The beauty of this church speaks to the beauty of God. And beauty, truth, and goodness are always connected. They all come from God, who is the fullness of truth and beauty and goodness. That is what has been proclaimed in this place, the goodness of God toward his people. And those seeds that were planted were also watered by the many priests who served here. Father Eilerman is here now, but before him was Father Franks, before him Monsignor Dunn, who are with us today, and so many others, so many young priests served as assistants here or had their faith nourished here. Father Morris and Father Ventura are two recent ordinations from this parish. But who supported those priests but the lay faithful? To whom did they minister but the lay faithful? The gospel was proclaimed not only by the priests in this place, but also by husbands and wives, mothers and fathers. The Dominican Sisters of St. Mary of the Springs, now the Dominican Sisters of Peace, who taught in the school. So many people through the centuries, and yes, through the centuries, helped proclaim the faith. What those first missionaries did, we give, for that, we give thanks to God today. 
But their work and our work is not over. The fact that the gospel has come this far and that this church has been erected as a basilica is a reminder to us that the church by her very nature is missionary. Jesus, when he ascended to the right hand of his fathers, told his disciples, go therefore into the whole world and make disciples. And so we continue to say we will be missionaries. We will be, as Pope Francis calls us to be, a church that goes forth. We celebrate the faith that has helped build this church and lead to this great moment in the history of our diocese and the history of this parish. And at the same time, we don't just look back. We look forward to the good things God has planned for us. We look forward to bringing new people to know Jesus Christ and his immense love for them. That is what, in part, we are celebrating today in the erection of this church as a minor basilica. The gospel has come this far, and it continues to go forth because the good men and women of Lancaster, Ohio, wanted to go forth in response to their reception of the love of God in their lives. This love is something worth celebrating. That's the first thing we celebrate. The second thing I think we celebrate is what we celebrate whenever we dedicate a church. This is truly the house of God. This is the place where God comes to dwell with his people and where the people come to encounter God. Not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. They come up from their homes, called by the Holy Spirit, with their joys and their sorrows, with their hopes and their dreams, to offer praise and sacrifice to their God, to offer thanks to God for the many blessings they have received. Here in this place, God comes to meet his people, and his people come to meet him, and there is an encounter of love. Pope Benedict XVI said, being a Christian is not a result of an ethical choice or a lofty idea. It is the result of an encounter with an event or a person that opens up new horizons and gives our life a decisive direction. It's an encounter with an event. That's what happens in this place. But this journey to church and the journey of God to meet us is truly a pilgrimage of faith. It is hoped that this basilica will be a place of pilgrimage, not only for the people of Lancaster, but for our whole diocese and from beyond, that people will come to meet God once again and to have that life-changing encounter with him that helps them to see the world in a new light, to go back home transformed by the power of the Eucharist which we receive. Jesus in his body, blood, soul, and divinity. That people will come to this place, sometimes in need of forgiveness, and will go home from this place, like the publican who could barely lift his eyes to heaven, but he cried out, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. They will go home justified and forgiven, having met God's merciful love. This basilica will be a place of pilgrimage. And sometimes in our journey of faith, 
We take two steps forward, one step back. But the important thing is to keep moving, knowing that God walks with us. Again, Pope Francis wants us to be a church that walks together, that journeys together, that listens to God, and that listens to what the Spirit has to say to the churches. This is a place where God's Spirit dwells. But the church herself is not just the walls of this building. There is the church in heaven, where the Blessed Virgin Mary assumed body and soul into glory has gone before us. There is the church on earth, we the pilgrim people of God. And there is the church in purgatory that relies on our prayers that they might one day enter into the fullness of heaven. But we, we journey on. And so while we have the church building, we also have the church who is the holy people of God on the pilgrim way. And each one of us in baptism had the Holy Spirit poured into our hearts so that we are temples of the Holy Spirit and we are a church built of living stones. Therefore, as a pilgrim people of God, we value all the members of this church. No one can be cast aside, thrown away like rubbish. Every member is valuable to God. Every person here is a child of God, worthy of care and respect. And we care for one another so that the church herself remains strong. If we want to have a strong church, we need to have strong families. Families that are committed to holiness. Families that are willing to get on the road. Families that are unwilling to say, I will stay in bed this morning on the Lord's Day but are willing to say, I will bring my children and my children's children up to meet the Lord. Because the Lord always has a word to say to us. I love you. I forgive you. I understand. Take courage. Where would we be if we gave up on the Lord, even in our darkest moments? But in those dark moments, how many people through the centuries have come here to light a candle, to say a prayer, to have a child baptized, to send their loved ones into eternity, to confess their love before God in the heart of God's family. This is truly the place where God dwells. But St. Alphonsus Liguori says, paradise for God is the human heart. That is where God really wants to dwell. And if God is dwelling within us, then we, when we go out into the world as missionaries, his love will shine through us. How interconnected we are today with cell phones, with the internet, with technology. And yet how many lonely people we have. How many people live in isolation and need God's love. Monsignor Luigi Giussani, the founder of Communion and Liberation said, that the church is the presence of Christ in the human reality. And you are the church in the reality that is Lancaster, Ohio. You are called to bear the presence of Christ, to be that event, that person to others, so that they might know the joy of the Lord. We are always again missionary. And we look at today's gospel 
on this feast of the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary into heaven, your patronal feast. We should think about St. Luke's Gospel. What immediately preceded today's passage? But the story of the Annunciation. You see it in the Reredos. On one side, it's the Archangel Gabriel. On the opposite side is Mary, a young person asked to be the mother of the Messiah. Mary said, let it be done to me according to your word. And she was overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. A young person said yes to God, she who was immaculately conceived. She did not know where it would lead, and there were probably a many questions in her mind when the Archangel Gabriel had departed. What am I supposed to do? What will I tell Joseph? What will I tell my parents? What will everyone say? But in spite of that, Mary didn't think so much about herself. The scriptures recount that she, she made haste to go visit her kinswoman Elizabeth, who was in need. Mary was a missionary. What did she bring with her? In her womb was the salvation of the world, the Messiah. She brought joy to Elizabeth. Elizabeth said, how does it happen to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For at the moment your greeting sounded in my ears, the infant in my womb leapt for joy. Mary brought joy to the world in bringing Jesus. And is this joy of the gospel, the joy of Jesus Christ that banishes the darkness and the sadness and the anxiety that people have, takes away their loneliness, how the people had longed for this Messiah. How had they longed for deliverance? And that is what Mary's child was, the one who would set them free and give them life. And now he was here. We then went on to hear what Mary had to say. First, she calls herself, she says, I am the lowly handmaiden of the Lord. That's how she described herself. She said, God has looked with favor upon his lowly servant. She saw herself as nothing, and God is great. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. She proclaimed the greatness of the Lord. She rejoiced in God, her Savior. She attributed this not to her own works, but to the works of the Almighty, who did great things for her. And she proclaimed the holiness of God. Mary went on to say that there would be a great reversal of fortune, and this is a theme in St. Luke's Gospel. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel, for he has remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. But the greatest reversal of our fortunes came in Mary's son, because we were condemned to an eternal death. But through Mary's son, who was born of her in the flesh, suffered in the flesh, died in the flesh, and rose in the flesh, we have the possibility of eternal life. Eternal death is transformed through Jesus Christ to the possibility of the joy of heaven.
She who was lowly has been exalted above the angels to sit at the right hand of her son, at the right hand of the Father. The queen of the angels, the queen of all creation, assumed body and soul into heaven. Why? Because she was faithful to God. She was committed to holiness of life. She said yes at the Annunciation, which you see beautifully depicted not only in the Rarados, but here in this window. She rejoiced and said yes when the child was born and was the first to see his sacred face. She said yes when she and Joseph had to flee into Egypt, fearing for the life of the child. She said yes when she brought him up to the temple and gave him back to Holy Simeon. She brought him to his father's house and continued to say yes even when Simeon told her that her heart would be pierced. She and Joseph would lose him in the temple, but he would, there he was in his father's house teaching. Mary rejoiced in her son, but she remained faithful not only in those good times, but even in the bad and the sorrowful mysteries of the rosary remind us of her true sorrow. When the apostles fled in fear, she said yes. She who shared in every moment of her son's life shared also in his passion. She saw the one she held in her arms at Bethlehem, treated cruelly by the soldiers, spat upon, mocked, crowned with thorns, scourged at a pillar, made to carry a cross. She saw him die and a lance pierce that sacred flesh. And he suffered everything because he loves us. And a mother who sees her child suffer like that suffers greatly. Come ye who pass by this way and see if there is any suffering unto mine. But she suffered it all because she also loves you. And because of her faithfulness, she wanted to be close to those whom her son loved. And so she was gathered with the apostles in prayer when God, who is faithful to his promises, sent the Holy Spirit, the advocate, like tons of fire upon the apostles and transformed them. The early church was transformed by the power of the Spirit and they were gathered in prayer with the Blessed Virgin Mary. St. Ignatius of Loyola in his spiritual exercises actually says, even though it's not scriptural, that the risen Lord first appeared to his mother to share the good news of his resurrection with her and then to Mary Magdalene. Well, Jesus' resurrection reminds us that there is a love stronger than death. And Mary's son ascended to the right hand of the Father. But since she shares in everything in her son's life, the Heavenly Father, for her fidelity, would not allow corruption the corruption of her flesh. And so at the end of the earthly course of her life, when she fell asleep in the Lord, she was assumed body and soul into heaven. And what happened to her is what will happen to us at the resurrection of the flesh on the last day. She is the image of the church in her perfection. That pilgrim church on her journey, we are to be like Mary, that first disciple, called to holiness, called to be with the Lord, 
forever in glory. Death has no more power over us. Jesus Christ is the first fruits of the new creation. But Mary, his mother, also is proof to us of the destiny that awaits the human person made in God's image and likeness, the faithful Christian who will not renounce faith in Jesus Christ, who will not renounce the call to love. That is what we are celebrating today, that God has a plan for each of us, that we might live eternally, that we might share the joys of heaven. Thanks be to God for his immense love. Thanks be to God for his mother Mary, whose children we are. Thanks be to God for those first missionaries who planted the seeds of faith here in Lancaster. Thanks be to God for all of you for being on the road that leads to heaven. May the Blessed Virgin Mary, assumed body and soul into heaven, accompany us on our pilgrim journey.